0: Welcome to God's Glorious Grace, a podcast from Hope Church Harrogate, where we are asking the question, have we really understood the grace of God? We're taking a deep dive into Ephesians chapter 1, considering a phrase of that chapter in each episode, and asking first what it teaches us about God, and second, how that affects our lives, hopefully with a good dose of warmth and fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. So, is everyone lying on the Mallorcan beach blessed by God in that moment, would you say?
1: I think the answer could be yes. If I was thinking every spiritual blessing, my menu is this, and therefore God must meet my menu, and actually this is about what is God's menu of every spiritual blessing.
0: I'm joined today by... Mark and Rachel, as we have been over the last few sessions and they've both had
2: fascinating weeks
0: this week. Mark, you have discovered the Lake District.
2: I have indeed. Second wedding anniversary, Charmi and I did some extraordinary things, but we did find ourselves walking up uh, a 400 meter height in, at about 70 degrees, which did kill our calves completely.
0: <laughs> That's basically rock climbing, not walking, isn't it? <laughs> it is almost. Uh, and, and Rachel, you've not been climbing hills in the Lake District, but you have been speaking Finnish.
1: I went to Finland in my pyjamas. Yes, I uh, was speaking at a conference in Finland, uh, which meant that I had to talk slowly because uh, Finnish is a bit longer to subtitle than English. So picture me attempting to talk slowly for hours and it was really interesting. I think they probably think there's something wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: not invite her back. No. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic. I've been in Harrogate all week and that's been lovely too. Uh, So we are... Continuing in our series in Ephesians chapter 1, this week we are in verse 3, looking at the clause, every spiritual blessing, and we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through to 6 to set the scene. Mark.
2: Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace wonderful uh, and so you
0: know your starter for 10 on this phrase is that what does it tell us about god if he blesses us with every spiritual blessing in christ is that he is the giver and a generous one but rachel you have a definition question to kick us
1: off i with. do have a definition question because i think in in our world hashtag blessed can be a thing in instagram on facebook this sort of sense of if anything generally good happens to you you're just having a good day then it must be because you're blessed and so people who aren't Christians are hashtag blessed Uh, anytime someone's feeling smiley they're hashtag blessed and so my question is what are we talking about when we're saying blessed?
2: Yeah that's a a really good question because I think if you look through the Bible it just means so many different things in so many different contexts but interestingly uh, I, I was questioning myself over what this means in this verse as we have it mentioned twice um but actually in the greek it, it really means concrete benefit it is something that is tangible and so this list this glorious list which we're going to explore over these coming sessions is not something that's just an ethereal mist that we can sort of float around in but actually is something that god graciously gives to us but it's it's got a concrete benefit it's tangible to the substance of our lives
1: is it therefore A blessing is specifically from God, out of a heart of God that is a tangible gift. So it is God-given. So if you're, you know, having a great time in Mallorca and they're like, I'm blessed. Is that a general sense of just well-being versus I specifically feel that God himself has given me a concrete gift from his heart like if that is that we're saying when people are blessed it is a tangible gift generated by god for us
2: yeah i think the majorca one's an interesting one because god gives us rest Mm. and so actually that holiday and those feelings uh as a result of that holiday yes is a blessing from god um because he's the source of all good things so is everyone lying on the Mallorcan beach blessed by
0: God Ooh. in that moment, would you say? I, I think the
2: answer could be yes, because there, because there is an, there is grace that is freely given and that is specific to those that love Jesus. There is conditional grace to those that love Jesus, but there is natural grace. The fact that crops grow and uh, uh, is great. The fact that people can look at nature who don't love Jesus... And go, wow, that's that's wonderful. That's doing me good. The sun shining on a Majorcan beach is a, is a blessing. So God, God, you know, it says His kindness leads us to to repentance. That His glory is revealed in nature. So therefore, those things could be good for everybody on the beach. Therefore, could they could all be said to be blessed? So there's a common grace that means that all of the sun seekers
0: on the beach in Palma, Mallorca, are blessed by God, but that, but someone could be. Uh, receiving another level of blessing from God in that this is God's gift of rest to them in their season. Or is everyone just, it's a blanket common grace for everyone on that beach?
2: I, I think that's really helpful because that does then give us this degree. So there's those that receive the common grace, all people on Milken Beach. <laughs> there's, but then there's a, a group of people there who could be receiving that and turning their hearts back to worship the giver. Because this is, I think, why Paul has started this whole chapter with Blessed B," be, because he wanted us to identify who is the source, who is the giver. And, and so it reveals the heart and the nature of God. Uh, and so in the believer on the beach, there could be worship going but actually, I'm so thankful to God. This is just wonderful. What a creator. You know, so there's a dimension there which goes beyond perhaps the natural grace.
1: I find this thing interesting about the receiver versus the giver. In this whole thing and so like for me there are people who feel blessed and it's almost a very selfish focus of I deserve to be blessed um, who I am is blessed you know when I look around at all the stuff I have I, I recognize how prosperous I am and so it begins to be about who I am as a receiver versus who God is as the giver and so I think there is this sort of um, concept of, of experiencing who God is and therefore being blessed by the giver. And then there's this sense of, I I deserve, I have earned it, I have done it, I have pleased God to deserve it. That can sort of eke into our concept of blessed. Um, that That is what I think I chafe against. When I, people mm. look at, you know, fantastic people experiencing all of their wealth and they're like, hashtag blessed. I'm like, is it because you're such a great person that you feel like you've earned that? And I think that's what I chafe with is when when you're experiencing what you don't feel is the tangible outpouring of God's Mm. sprinkling of my work and (laughs) vacations, then you're like, oh well what's wrong with me? And it it can remove your eyes from the giver and put it onto the receiver, and which I think begins to degrade it.
0: And that cuts into when we're talking about grace and we're talking about blessing as grace, the definition is it's a gift. Mm. And so gift by nature is unearned. Yes. Mm. You don't get a gift because you are a great person. Right? You get a gift because the person giving you the gift wants to give you a gift. Because they are choosing to. Yes. And so um, that helps us not end up in hashtag blessed uh, Instagram fame, but order things correctly. So we've explored blessing, and what do we mean by that? I guess the other, there are a couple of standout words yes. in this phrase um, every spiritual blessing. We've done blessing. Should we move backwards? Should we talk spiritual? Yes. Uh, because what does that qualify i mean he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms that is this um god has done something for us that's up there in heaven that's affected my spirit but doesn't affect my material uh, stuff around me or is there something more going on here how would you respond to that how would you understand the word spiritual in this phrase Rachel.
1: Uh, well, first of all, whenever I'm reading scripture, sometimes you, you get stuck as you're reading and you sort of hit a phrase and you go, ooh, that's really interesting. And then if you're like me, then you just sort of go off into your head and ponder it and think. And it's so helpful to always continue reading of it to hit what was the context within yes. it. And so when I'm, when I'm looking at this, it sort of you know, it says he's blessed with every spiritual blessing. And then the next verse starts with, for he, and he begins to list and sort of tell us what those spiritual blessings are. And so for me, sometimes I get distracted by the first thing. And so to look at, at the spiritual blessings that I see that he's beginning to list here or are pretty much the positioning and the gift of who God is to us and what he's done for us and his very character being exposed to us. And so for me, at first that position is looking at every spiritual blessing is the insane gift of being loved by a God who is perfect and all of the provision of family and blessing and forgiveness that he gives us uh, and so for me it becomes to be what is what is my tangible reality that I live in that he has purchased for me
2: So it's interesting when you pose that question how you hesitated with spiritual and uh, I agree uh, with Rachel that in the context here it, it is those spiritual things, but the the list but the reality is of course, the list flows somewhere and and, and this is not just to be a, a static thing like I've received this medal and I've got this no the, the the reality is of the grace of God is it changes who I am. and because it changes who I am, that then flows, for instance, into my relationships. and if I'm living from grace in my relationships. We'll use that word again, I become more blessed because those relationships become healthy, they become gracious relationships, grace-filled relationships, I become uh, perhaps a better employee, Uh, and if I'm an employer, a better employer, so actually I create a, a happier place for the workforce to be, they want to be there because of the environment I'm creating. So there is a consequence, if you like, that always flows out into the practical realities. And, I, and Paul is very practical mm. in his writings as we go, go forward. So yes, I think the context here focuses on this wonderful expression, as you say, of the heart of God towards us in redemption and mm. salvation. But of course, Paul's always got his eye that this thing gets into our feet. It gets yeah. into our hands. It gets into our language. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's really helpful. You've got the the general to specific thrust of the passage. He starts very generally, he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing and now I'm going to list them all yes. in one long sentence and he actually wrote it uh, and he goes through and there's loads and loads and loads of it and you've also got this element of every spiritual blessing actually is talking perhaps also about the means in which we receive it which is by mm. the Holy Spirit yes. Yes. Um, and that's where interestingly he ends up at the end of this section in Ephesians chapter 1 you know, you're marked by a seal, the promised Holy Spirit uh, a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. So there is both the means uh, and the, the genital specific thrust. I think we'll come back to exploring spiritual physicals, secular spiritual in the next half.
1: That was my anticipatory sound.
0: Could you do it again? Dun, dun,
1: dun. I was trying to build the anticipation. Yeah, very good, I like Thanks. it. Thanks.
0: Uh, and so then there's a third word, which is every in this phrase that we might just explore for a moment because what does that word "ever"? this, this sounds like a like a five-year-old's comprehension question <laughs> the answer i think is as straightforward as it seems but what does the word every in this phrase tell us about god
1: Ooh. okay so you said something and it just struck me uh that every isn't everything that i can imagine it's everything that god can imagine and sometimes we sort of look at the menu of think these are the thing. If I was thinking every spiritual blessing, my menu is this, and therefore God must meet my menu. Mm-hmm. And actually this is about what is God's menu of every spiritual blessing, not what is my menu of every spiritual blessing.
0: And, a... and which menu would be bigger, do you think?
1: Well... Or how, would, how would those
0: two menus relate, do you think?
1: <laughs> well, I... I think sometimes the, the blessings that I think of for myself actually aren't things that are good for me or things that would bear the most fruit. And So that's what I love is that it's not just that his list is bigger. it's His list is better yes. and more enduring and more life-changing than my list. I might want the money now so that I can pay the rent in the time that I'm down, but actually he wants to transform the very way I see money. Uh, and so I think there's a, a depth to his blessings that are way better than anything I can imagine.
2: Yes. I think that, I think that <laughs> but where the better is, is of course, is the precision. Mm. He knows me. He knows us uniquely, and therefore he knows in that in his mind, which is much bigger than our mind. Wonderfully, is that the every blessing is available, but not all is appropriate, and <laughs> yes. so, or it's a timing issue. And mm-hmm. so, so I I, I feel that. The blessing, and this is why I think it's wonderful, so I can get utterly excited about something God has received to me and other people think, well, what's he so excited about? But it's because God knows me uniquely that he's applied that shape, that blessing in this particular way that has just blown my mind and makes me want to love him more and more and more uh, that for another person perhaps wouldn't have the same effect. And, and, I, and I think that's why... it it, it is that his list is bigger Mm. but what is wonderful is the precision it is laser like targeted Mm. uh, to me
0: yes i like that jess and i we're packing up our house at the moment to move at some point hopefully before christmas and we found the birthday cards and anniversary cards we sent each other in the first few years of marriage which is like quite a humbling process because you would not buy those cards for one another anymore. Now you know each other a bit better. Yeah. And we're both sitting there going, oh, that's a bit awkward, like, <laughs> I'm deeply sorry that I bought you that card and thought it was good. And uh, there's something, because he, he knows us, Mark, doesn't he? It, it's, yes. He, to be blessed, a concrete benefit is actually, it is personalized. Yes. Uh, and that is a, a wonderful um, note to finish on in terms of understanding that phrase. is that yes, God is the giver, but he's not a distracted giver, and he's not a a cookie cutter giver. It's deeply personal and specific uh, into our situations and the places he's put us, what he's calling us to, who he's made us to be, and that's a really incredible thing to realise in terms of his work in our lives. But it's now time for our half-time oranges, Uh. and uh, I've taken on the mantle this week, (laughs) just... To be super clear, we we haven't um stripped Rachel of the honour just you. sharing sharing the blessing, hashtag blessed. <laughs> and, uh, and so here you go, my half-time oranges today is a trip advisor quiz Ooh. on should you visit modern-day Ephesus, Ooh. Uh, how should where should you visit and where should you stay? So, multiple choice. Okay. Uh, this is gonna highlight our awful Turkish pronunciation. Great. You're not allowed to say A, B, or C, you've got to join me in the humility <laughs> of pronouncing Turkish words. Okay. So if you're visiting modern-day Ephesus, yes. should you eat at
1: mm-hmm.
0: either option one, the Selchuk Padisi? Okay. Option two, the Yandim Kavus.
1: Mm-hmm. Or option
0: C, the pizza tomato. Uh,
1: pizza tomato, excellent.
0: <laughs> okay, good <Pizza> answer. <laughs> You've gone for pizza tomato. I, I see your opt out there.
1: <laughs> no! I think. <laughs> if you name something pizza and tomato there's something exciting going on that I believe in
0: well we will find out about that in a
2: moment uh, Mark which, which one would you be uh? I quite like the idea of yum dim caswatsits <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds very good yum dim sounds almost oriental
0: yeah okay well if you were to visit the pizza tomato you would be experiencing um, restaurant number 105 out of 106 ooh, in ooh, the local town ouch which has three reviews <laughs> One of them is very good. Oh, see? One is poor and one is terrible. Uh, and this is the only one that I could actually understand. It said, the potatoes were cold and the chicken pieces were tiny.
1: Well, considering it's cold pizza tomato, that wouldn't surprise me. That they're not good. <laughs> it does
0: make you wonder uh, if they've got potatoes. their focus in place, doesn't
2: it? <laughs> Sounds like a brick <laughs>
1: Spots. Yandim
0: uh, Kavus was has 78 reviews Ooh. Uh, and an average of one and a half stars oh. on TripAdvisor. <laughs> oh, no Danny. taste, Danny high Penny. price.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is the uh,
0: stand-down review? <laughs> Where you should be heading to is the Selçuk Pedisi and I'm, yes. not, I'm not functioning on commission today though yeah. if they're listening Interesting. Uh, you can get in touch with me through uh, Hope Church Harrogate. <laughs> uh, they have 312 five-star reviews wow. um, and only one poor review and one Ooh. terrible review, which is pretty impressive yeah, in TripAdvisor terms. Number one restaurant in the local area. Was it so,
1: established in 40 AD? Like, is it, is it uh, was, was it there at the time?
0: There was no photo of like, pictures of Paul on the wall. He said, but uh, I, I didn't look deeply. Right, <laughs> so, second question. Oh, okay. This is called Genuine or Not. Oh. Uh, uh, is this a genuine review of visiting uh, the ruins of Ephesus? <laughs> okay. Number one. It is a wide historic site, but most of them are ruins. <laughs> Don't expect too much before visiting because of the fame. Is that a genuine review or have I made it up?
2: I think that's genuine.
1: I think, that's genuine. <laughs> I think it's
2: fake. It's genuine. Isn't it? is. <laughs> You're like the, the
0: fame of the ruins, <laughs> but you've missed that somewhere before visiting. Aww. Okay, number two.
1: Okay.
0: It is a three-hour tour. And if you happen to visit in a group, then there is no escape.
1: As an introvert, I think that's 100% real. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: have a feeling I agree with that, Rachel. It is,
0: that is a yeah. review. I, I, I would love to see the face of the person who yeah. realizes half an hour into their tour that they are trapped. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: uh, Although, to be fair, introverts have a lot of skills. I would have pretended to go to the bathroom and bailed way early in there. So, you know, it's not a bold enough introvert that was given that review.
0: Yes. L- little creativity, really. Yes. <laughs> Could do better. Yeah. C minus. Um, th- third one is this genuine or not? It's an impressive sight, but too touristy. The desert is better. No. I think it's no. fake. Fake. That is a genuine review no! of the ruins. Of <laughs> All genuine.
1: Wow. Um,
0: so you know there were some very positive ones too. I I'm just sure. was looking for the funny ones. Um, please do visit if you're in yes, the area.
1: Lovely.
0: And that's the end of today's halftime oh, oranges. Lovely. <laughs> Maybe we could do a end of podcast end of podcast trip to Monday. That
1: would be fun. Oh yeah.
0: Be great fun. Okay. So. Moving into the question of how does what we've learnt about God from this phrase, the, every spiritual blessing and that passage in verse three, how does that then impact our daily lives? We kind of started to stray there, and I pulled us back. Okay. I think there's a few avenues we could go down here. Uh, I've sort of I've suggested that the question I could launch in with is when do I get my Ferrari? <laughs> and uh, does anyone? When do I get my Ferrari? <laughs> Mark's not happy for those
1: who I think I find this question interesting when it comes down to the benefit that we receive from blessings. Because so often we go, it's a tangible blessing. Therefore, what do I benefit from it? And we look at the tangible things I can get. And uh, what I love in the heart of God, I find, is that he is less concerned, in my view, about the stuff I have and that is not his goal in my life and I think sometimes I have conflated what I would like for my life which is a nice comfortable I have everything I need and a straight smooth path in front of me and I assume that if I was blessed by God then that is his goal for me and so everything he gives me is to lay out an easy bump free path in front of me and actually God's God's in my view plan for my life is to transform me to become more like jesus and so therefore not sure giving me a smooth easy life is is what it is and so when i'm looking for blessings the question is is he blessing me with stuff that i can have that makes me happy or is he actually taking me on a blessing of transformation so that i can become who he's calling me to be and i think that means that what i get given are different things
0: that's a good answer i think mark might be even more strong in
1: response (laughs)
2: to my ferrari question
1: that was my tippity toes in (laughs) everybody tippity toes go on mark yeah. Grace I mean if
2: you were going to write a treatise or, or however you say that word <laughs> uh, you you couldn't write a better opening could you if you want to draw people in God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus that's a tremendous banner thing and yes. makes you go oh hang on what's, what's my blessing uh, where do I sign where, yes. where, that's right you know I, I'm in uh, and again it comes down to probably our that distortion, that perversion of living in a materialistic society uh, that really values uh, status, prestige, values uh, ourselves by uh, the size of our house, the the biggest of our bank balance, that our security comes from those things. Uh, It's our culture, it's our Western culture, it's how we've grown up. So uh, when we think of blessing and good, sadly, our minds tend to drift more that way um and and so we do miss the fact that actually being shaped by our heavenly father's hands to be like christ is going to be the most satisfying the most extraordinary position to be in and paul as we've said before i think in the last session talked about you know for paul christ was the prize you know he is my life you know for me to live is christ Uh, you know we think that's a bit super spiritual but no actually he was saying I've been transformed into this image and and I love him so much that actually when I think of heaven I'm thinking of him he's the goal he's the prize Uh, and of course that wars a little bit against some of our things and yet when we look at Paul's life who has written this we see that his life was anything but uh, uh, plain sailing, let's use that phrase for a start, having spent so many nights abandoned in the sea and, and what have you. So there is this reality that our minds go that way to the Ferrari. And yet, you know, in God's amazing goodness, we do receive. Now I'm not talking about the fact that I've crawled over everybody at the office. I've lied, I've cheated, and therefore I've got promoted, and and therefore received the financial wealth to do that kind of thing. But actually, God does bless us extraordinarily with mater- can bless us extraordinarily with material wealth. But I'm always thinking that's a very middle England, uh, middle class view on this, when I think of my brothers and sisters, for instance, in our Related Churches in Kenya, who are at this moment, uh, because of Covid and that, seeing extraordinary poverty and have had people die of hunger in in their church. And so where's the every spiritual blessing then and there? But also I rile against where we can go with this, which is that um, somehow there's a holiness in poverty. Okay, yeah. And I don't believe that is true either, and so so one has to question some of our our thinking and understanding of who who God is. But could I celebrate Adam's Ferrari? Is another question that we have to ask ourselves. Can I enjoy and be applaud God's grace on His life that He's got this? In a in a wonderful way, and not think oh there he is putting the church money in the lottery or, or what have you. I I you know I think that is a, another another aspect mm. of this. So so I I, I again I think we struggle with the spiritual sacred divide here in these things but sadly we do look to blessing being a material thing which can open a door to something
0: i don't have a ferrari just say, for just record. A <laughs> charity commission if you're listening don't have a
2: ferrari but god uh, can't bless him with very long legs he doesn't need a ferrari yes a ferrari would be inconvenient <laughs> one knows depressing. this for me in fact he wouldn't fit in one <laughs> uh,
0: indeed indeed Sometimes people think poverty is a holy state mark, but often that, do you think that's sometimes rooted in the fear of being able to handle money responsibly? And actually what we'd call that is immaturity, because maturity is to be able to handle whatever life throws at you in a responsible way. And so running away from potential temptation can actually be a place of immaturity, rather than walking into and being transformed into being like Jesus who you know was confronted with all sorts of things but was able to handle those situations without being derailed by them.
2: If I fear wealth because I don't think I can handle it, I think that could be a, a root of some of it. I, I think it's poor teaching. So people say, well, Christ had nowhere to lay his head. And so we, we see Jesus as this poverty figure. But actually there were wealthy women who provided for him. Yes.
1: Can I ask then, this sort of brought us on to sort of how we view material blessing. Yes. Because there is a theology out there that says if if you are um, holy and righteous, then God will give you a blessing. So you can almost look yes. at your material things and say someone who is materially blessed is someone who is following God. And, and you can see that evidenced in the material blessings that God has given them. They're wealthy. They have Ferraris. There is a, a theology out there that some people would term the prosperity gospel, that is out there that says material blessings are directly linked to how God feels about you and how holy you are. And so how would you, in, in looking at that, we're looking at is is wealth good, bad, how would you respond to that theology that says you can link those two?
0: Mm. Well, I think, you know, as, as we've already referenced, love of money is the root of many kinds of evil, not necessarily money is the root of many kinds of evil. So you, you look in Acts, you find that, um what's the lady's name down by the river <coughs> in philippi that they come across lydia. lydia lydia she's a dealer in purple cloth she is a wealthy lady yes. you know owns a, a household with all sorts of stuff going on in it that the church can meet in um money is not in itself the root of all kinds of evil, but it's love of money it's it's about the human heart and that is what i was trying to get to in the bit that i've probably cut out of this uh, where i suggest that running away and trying to live this uh, life of poverty and refusing all contact with money is actually almost an immature response because we're called to 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 be in the world evidencing a righteous use of something that is neutral but can be used for for ill does that answer your question no no what was your question i didn't
1: ask it very well i think uh my question is um does God, materi- does God give wealth to people who are doing great spiritually? And therefore, do, are people who have wealth better than me, essentially? I, I
0: think God sometimes gives wealth to people who are doing well. And I think sometimes he takes wealth away from people who are doing well. Uh, it is not a, a cause and effect. It's not a one-to-one correlation. If you're wealthy, you are righteous. Actually, God strips away wealth from some righteous people you know there's the story of job isn't there where that very thing happens and yet just to confound us all god (laughs) gives him back double at the end of it and so at any particular moment in someone's life i'm not sure you could ever draw a conclusion from their bank balance or their car garage makeup as to what god thinks of them
1: Um, and that can be hard for those of us who have really deeply struggled financially and we look at all of this um you know these this talk of blessings and this talk of these people who struggle with their wealth and, and I'm thinking I'd love to Lord take me on the journey test of me 30. lord <laughs> to be wealthy because I think those of us who feel like you know we're trying to seek his face and we're trying to do things and yet we're still struggling financially day in and day out and we're looking for where is this blessing from God um it can it can feel deeply if not unfair but it can feel like where is the blessing of God in my life when, it, when the discussion of blessing b- turns to the concept of money and provision? And, yeah. you know, what about our brothers and sisters who are struggling yeah. with food and, and things like that?
2: I think you touched on something there in terms of what about this prosperity message that, that is out there? And um, I think the first thing is we must be clear that that message must never dampen down our expectation of God, um, you know jesus didn't make it a question of faith and not faith when he said to the disciples you do not have because you do not ask me so we have a father who invites us to ask with the expectation of receiving um, and so the fact i don't receive is not necessarily an issue of my faith It's not necessarily an issue of of having a sinful heart. And I think that's where the prosperity gospel can push us to, that faith is somehow this commodity that you need more faith and you don't get because you don't have faith. And what that does to faith is, as I say, commoditizes it when actually faith is totally relational and not transactional. And, and so when, when Jesus is trying to draw the disciples in, he's, he's pouring out to, pointing out to them, no, this man has great faith. Why did that man have great faith? What was Jesus saying in that contest? He was saying, this man understands who God is. And when he says in the boat, do you have no faith or do you have little faith? He's saying, haven't you understood who who I am yet? It's about the who I am. Because in Jesus's economy, he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, the smallest seed, Mm -hmm. you can say to this mountain, up and go. So in Jesus's economy, it's not about a commoditized faith. It's actually about a relational faith. Uh, And so if you push the prosperity gospel too far, you end up outside of grace completely. Because the onus then becomes on, it wasn't my faith. I didn't have enough. Rather than actually, I've I've got to know my father. And because he is a father, the the lack of apparent answer is that he said no. Hmm. He said no, because he loves me too much. He loves me so much, in fact, that actually he knows what is best for me. And it comes back to that targeted um, blessing. And I I think that's one of the things...
0: Yes, and God has something better for you than a Ferrari. Yes,
2: yes. And it comes back to something we might have touched on before, which is what do we call supernatural breakthrough? What do we call this, this blessing? So I'm, I'm praying because my, my cupboard is bare, and I've been in that situation uh, when I was younger. No food, no money. And I'm crying out to God, God, would you provide? Please provide. And God remarkably provided food into uh, into extraordinary circumstances um, that was just supernatural and remarkable provision. So a supernatural provision. We say, "Oh, that's the blessing of God," but but where do we put the supernatural provision of endurance in that? Is that is that a blessing? When I'm I'm crippled with arthritis and I'm saying, "God, heal me," and yet every day I get out of bed with the joy of the Lord in my heart, yes I'm in pain, yes I'm having to work every joint what is the supernatural breakthrough, actually both are supernatural, both are provisions of grace and both are blessings, though I never call sickness a blessing mm. and we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that so I, I just think the prosperity message it becomes a condemnational message for those who don't receive because they've got nowhere to go but to go into themselves rather than actually falling into the mercy and the grace of God uh, and the love of God.
0: Yeah, that prosperity message is the opposite of what we've just learnt about God, isn't it? If God is the giver of grace and by grace because he is by very nature generous, then when you start focusing whether people have or don't have because of something in them, you've, you've lost yes. it. At all. I think the challenge of this topic is uh, you could talk about it for hours mm-hmm. and... We think we've opened it up really nicely. I think we've made a few really helpful points. I want to just rest with uh, two things that Jesus says, which sort of help us to continue thinking um, down this track. Um, because this, the reality is that all of these things—we're not trying to tie up some neat theology so that we can all be perfect Christians. We're trying to help us all understand the grace of God more deeply. These are the two things that I think it's worth focusing on as we uh, mull this over in the in the week to come. Would be. What did Jesus talk about blessing the most? Um, if we talk about every spiritual blessing, well, the passage that Jesus uses that word the most is Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. None of those things look like a Ferrari. None of those things look like even a beach in Mallorca uh, back to the beginning. Actually, it's it's in our lack, he is strong. Uh, where we are incapable, he is capable um, where the present is broken the future will be fixed uh, and so it's a really helpful dynamic when we're trying to think well what does every spiritual blessing mean well jesus said this is the blessing that the poor in spirit are going to inherit the kingdom of heaven those who mourn will be comforted the meek will inherit the earth those who hunger and thirst for righteousness they will be filled uh, and the second thing is because i agree with you mark that sometimes we can in resistance and rejection of the prosperity gospel we'll run so far away that we actually lose something as of God as the giver is Jesus's promise he said anyone who's left mother or father or brothers or sisters or fields or houses for me will receive a hundred times back in this life and in the age to come Like there is something of it's not that uh, our receiving is a picture of our righteousness before God it's almost in what we're prepared to give up for him is the more accurate representation of our righteousness before God he says if you're prepared to give it up for me, <laughs> you receive it back, I will provide for you. You know, the lilies of the field are clothed, the birds of the air have somewhere to eat, something to eat. Um, uh, so, there is, there absolutely is an understanding of God as provider of the things that we need and of the economy of as we give, He fills us up. Not that if you give to my offering, you will become a millionaire and have a Ferrari, but as we trust God as our giver, that dynamic, that relationship grows and enables us to continue. Just some thoughts for the rest of the week uh, as we come in to land. Uh, perhaps this is one of the uh, more messier endings of this series. I think that the topic is vast and wide and there's so much more we could have talked about. Uh, but as we come in to finish, hey, Rachel, would you like to pray for us? Yes. Uh, in light of what we've been discussing and thinking and God's been speaking to us in this time together.
1: God, I thank you that you are the God who gives. Hmm and that you have a heart to give to us who in no way could ever deserve the blessings that you pour upon us. And God, I pray as we go through our weeks that you would turn our eyes to you and open our eyes that we may see the gifts that you give, that we may see the blessings that you are bringing into our lives, that we may identify the tangible gifts that the living God has bestowed upon us, whether it's in how our heart turns, Um, what you've placed in our hands, the situation we find ourselves in. God, that we may um, open our eyes to see um, that we live in a state of being blessed by you. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. So I think we're we're left with the question that I'm certainly going to be mulling over, which is, uh, is my perspective of God as the giver really helpful and accurate? Uh, and truthful to what I've read in the Scriptures, and I think, man, there's plenty to chew on for us all uh, as we go from this place. Next week, we are venturing into ch- verse four of chapter one. We're picking up a pace now, ready to <laughs> slow down again. I'm sure before too long, uh, for He chose us in Him before the creation of the world is where we're going next time out. So please do join us. You might want to hit subscribe so that this podcast gets downloaded to your device. Please review us; it helps us gain visibility, preferably five stars. Why don't you send a link to somebody you know who you might think would find this interesting. Uh, And hey, if you've got a comment, then please do get in touch with us and let us have it. Until next week, we'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.